Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. number four from global s and op community i would like to thank you uh, all especially people who approached us uh, last week and asked why didn't we go live last week uh, honestly speaking it was out of our hand totally and the reason that because my fabulous co-host ahmed hamamsi was not feeling well so we are sending all greetings to all our fabulous community around the globe right now ahmed I know that uh, many people uh, right now, they want to understand how is your health and everything uh, uh, is happening with you. So tell us. Hello please. and uh, welcome uh, everybody, first of all, and uh, fourth episode of the Global s community. And uh, thank you, Ahmed. Uh, again, we, we come for the fourth episode. Yeah, I had uh, some uh, health issues, as you were saying, and uh, uh, getting better. And uh, of course, uh, everyone knows that uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit hard uh, times with everybody in, uh, uh, during uh, COVID times and everything. So we must stay safe. I must uh, stay uh, away from family. I must uh, be uh, uh, in, in quarantine, even if I have a doubt, if I have something, so that's why uh, we were away uh, uh, last week. But now everything's better, and we are back. And uh, I see uh, a lot of our friends already is, uh, is, uh, is joining. But of course, as you know, the global S and community is all about the knowledge that you don't find in, uh, in books. And Khaled, uh, let's welcome all our people that are uh, that are coming in. Sure, sure. So we have our lovely friend uh, Mohidol. He's asking. Hi, Mohidol. Yes. Thank you for joining here. 
we have our brother Shadi Jackie. Hi, Ahmed. Hi, Ahmansi. Thank you Hi, Shadi. for being Hi, here. We have our friend Andreen. Thank uh, you. Amazing, Andreen. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Uh, again, we have our friend Taslim. Thank you for joining. Brother, and we have also our friend uh, Ricky. Ricky. Thank you for being here. So, again, Hamad and all the, the, the uh, our beautiful audience that are hearing us and just uh, are listening to us right now, our mission to remind you about the, our global SNOP community is to build a global community around the world where uh, supply chain, uh, marketing, trades, trade marketing, and finance can we can collaborate all together, share stories, knowledge, struggles, and experience because we believe that everyone has a unique voice that should be heard. And from those experiences, we can benefit all together and change literally the world of S&OP. Today, we will discuss one of the most resisting factors that oppose all kinds of fundamentals of S&OP. This factor can devastate everything, not only in the S&OP, but also in the business. Yes. is people's behavior. Yes. And our guest today is a professor in managing people's behavior. Uh, he played many roles uh, in, in executive levels in the business. And one of them, uh, uh, two of them, I believe it's managing the conflict, sales and supply chain. Can you imagine sales yes. and supply chain on the, in that two points? Big, very big conflict in s and of course, yes. It's very conflicting. That's why we will have two massive values today. So let's, let's, let's welcome our guest, please, right now. Great and well, thanks. Glad to see you both. Pleasure, pleasure to have you today. Uh, I think one of the most compelling topics uh, I, I see from a real experience in this and it's people behavior. Before jumping into this uh, topic, for sure, it would be a pleasure if you don't mind, if you can share about your amazing experience in this and OP and sales, so people, they can understand how massive experience that you have. Ah, oh, great. Um, my first uh, experience with uh, SNOP was in 2003 when I set up uh, demand planning wow. process before wow. the full SNOP process. Then 2004, 2005, setting up uh, the SNOP process for six countries and the Gulf. So that was the first immersion into SNOP as, as manager. Um, so basically working with all the functions really to understand their requirement, uh, brief them about the process, the tool, and ensure that their requirements are covered and that they buy into the process and then building it uh, up step by step. Um, but later on in my career, um, I mean, it was great opportunity for me to sit in the SNOP as supply chain director for a few years, but also in other years as a customer development director, which is sales director. So I was able to see both sides of the uh, uh, of the, the discussion and requirements exactly, and to be more understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe it's, it's you know the, the conflict comes. I, I would say that you play two roles, two major roles, and I think it's inside the company, which is 
the supply chain and the, the sales, the biggest two conflicts in the, the company. So the first thing in my mind, and before I jump into the, the question, I would like to ask anyone, guys, please uh, react with us, engage with us. Any question that you have in your mind, in your mind related to the behavior or some experience that you have it in, the, in the supply chain inside your S&OP, please don't hesitate to ask us right now. So the first question, Faisal, mm-hmm. how do you deal with culture cultural challenges and people resistance to the SNOP and I believe that you have a rich experience in that that point. So mainly the culture and the people resistant to SNOP. Yeah. I think anyway, I mean even without uh, SNOP, I think the, the managers and the leaders need to be really conscious about the I mean what is the culture which is in the company because that uh, will impact its uh, ways of working, um, you know, its its performance and so on. Um, but I think one of the things that help in terms of getting the SNOP uh, up and running smoothly or at least gradually in a successful way is, um, is listening to people, uh, understanding their, their issues, their challenges, um, being clear about, I mean, what are their targets and how do they, uh, how do they operate, what do they focus on, and seeing how SNOP really can help them, whether they are in the supply or whether they are in demand or in finance or in marketing or in customer marketing um, and and seeing how it all fits together and supports them and um, and set clearly the, the expectations from them as well. Uh, so it's not just about the process or the tool, but also being clear with the, with the team members about what is expected from them in terms of uh, whether it's discipline, whether it's uh, listening, whether it's uh, respect, uh, whether it's uh, clarity, you know, and enable them uh, in a structured way uh, to work in that way. Okay, so how they can deal with trade-off, how can they deal with uh, uh, priority management, how they can deal with conflicts, uh, um, how they can express and communicate. Okay, it's it's really a long journey. It's not something that will work in just one meeting or in one meeting, but it's a whole journey. And by understanding where are the the strengths and the weaknesses then the leaders will, a- will be able to, you know, address each point uh, on its own. I agree, I agree, Faisal, Faisal, because it's a journey. This is, uh, a lot of people don't understand, a lot of people think, think that they, if they buy in or get something uh, uh, new or like software or something, they will can change it like in a second. Uh, if people are were not working with SNOP, if they get a system or something, they, they think it will work by itself. But as you said, it's people. At the end, we'll be managing timeframes and responsibilities and collaboration between different departments. And every department should understand that this comes to serve the, the whole organization and to serve them, to, to make them look better, to make work look better, to achieve the targets, uh, all that. So it's a, it's a journey, as you said, that, that does not take one or two meetings. It maybe take can take four and five meetings, sometimes six months, sometimes a year even to master this uh, season operation planning process. Exactly. exactly. I mean, so, yeah. so, one of the things that really helped me various times is stakeholder interviews. So really to identify the key stakeholders and it's not by level. I mean, it could be across various levels in the organization, yeah. um, but really people who can influence the, the SNOP and interview them, you know, um, how do they see the, the SNOP process going? What do they see as strengths, as weaknesses? What do they expect from the process? Is it meeting it or not? What do they suggest to improve it and so on? And by incorporating Great. all this like 360 view and seeing how to 
um, you know, address these points, then those stakeholders will become uh, supporters, will become uh, facilitators, uh, and so on. Um, you know, and even if so, and during these interviews, some of the uh, stakeholders appear to be resistors, then to be able how to address some of their points and get them on, on our side, or at least reduce the noise that would come uh, from them until the process is really moving. Yeah. 100%. The point of listening, because listening, effective listening, and especially in the SNOP, it's very essential. Why I'm saying this? Because I believe also SNOP, it's like innovation. And why most innovation, it, it got failed because they are not, you're not innovating for the customer. You're innovating for yourself. And most most failures of this and not implemented well because most people they focus on the tools and the, the process itself and they ignore the biggest factor, which is people. They don't think about that. I need to have the best tool, I need to have the best technology, I need to have, I need to have, I need to have. And ignoring what people need. So if, if you ignore the biggest part, I believe that 80% from this and OP, it's all about people people behavior, capabilities, understanding. So if you don't invest on your people, for sure nothing will happen in, in that day. Sandro P itself is that angel. Yeah. yeah. We have our lovely audience start to come again. So yes. Have, uh, Ahmed, I'm seeing some am amazing people that I've worked with, yeah. you know, just now Yusuf, Elias. Yeah, great team members. Wow. Really, really glad to see them here. Ahmed <laughs> Vajnaid. Yes. Oh. All people are there. We have Amina. She's saying hi, thank you, Amina. Hi, coming. Amina, thank you for coming in. Our lovely uh, brother, Muhammad. Hi, lovely people. Muhammad. Thank you. Our brother also, Debian. Hello from thank India. You. Great to see you, brother. Thank you so much. Our friend, Sulaiman. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, Sulaiman. We have also Muhammad El Salami. Baha'a Miziyad Salahat. Great to see you, good brother. Thank you. Thank you. We have Elias. Salam Faisal, great to see you. For sure he knows yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we work together. Ahlan Elias. Marhaba. Great seeing you as well. We have Ahmed Bajnaid. Great to see you, team. Thank you, Ahmed. Yeah, you. Thank you. So we have our friend uh, Rami. Rami Said. Hi, Rami. Great to see you, brother. He's doing an amazing job also on LinkedIn with his content. So uh, we have Mehmet. Salam, I cannot say it, but Salam, Salam, great to see uh, you. Thank from Turkey, I think. How yes. are you? Arkadesh Bashkash Bashka. Ah, Suleiman as well here. Marhaba, Suleiman. Aziz. MashaAllah, I have a big supporting fan from Algeria, so that's Mashallah. great to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Aziz Abazi. Good evening, Faisal Khan and the brother Ahmed. Thanks for life. And she thank you so much. Thank you, Aziz. Yeah, thank you also. We have the, our friend Taibaji. Great to see you. Hi, Taibaji. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. We have Rahaf. And we will jump into the next. So, Rahaf, Rahaf. Think the blaming game is mainly what I see. <laughs> Suleiman is asking if it's recorded. It is going to be recorded, isn't it? Yes. 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 It is. So, uh, she's, she's speaking about the supply chain and sales. That's why we have the maestro today. Our uh, face of we played the same, the, the, the tool, tool. Yes, the tools. psychology, uh, behavior, people behavior. So, whatever you have, any question or any uh, thing that you are uh, faced, uh, you are facing it into your day-to-day -day operations. Please ask. Feel free. 
ask and I guarantee you will have great values today, inshallah. I agree first with, with Rahaf because also I, I left this, but we will get from Faisal how he faced this because he played uh, on both sides. So, like Rahaf is saying, sometimes you'll find the production saying we, we have the capacity but we don't have the orders. So, this is like the blame game where are the orders or sales? Uh, or sales uh, getting the orders uh, very late or like we were discussing they were not uh, uh, saying about the promotions or not giving any alert of the promotions they're saying we, we want the things tomorrow or uh, declining any idea of, uh, of lead times and all that so i'm sure that Raf is talking about this and i'm sure she faced a lot of issues that's why she's talking about that yeah Faisal, tell us how uh, how did you resolve this one side from the supply chain and one side from the sales. What what you were doing and what behaviors uh, I can say you try to to attack to to resolve these issues. Yeah, I think it. Um, I mean, it's it's variety of of behaviors and it accumulated over time. I don't think it came at once. At the at the start, still, when when I was in supply chain, my key focus was really on supply chain. So I think yeah. there was that yeah. bias, which was really natural. Um, and how to get the the KPIs of SNOP uh, to yes. be right yes. rather than the business KPIs, which is really yeah. about growth, yeah. about the top line and meeting the strategy. But I think as I matured in in uh, in, in the business, then the key focus really switched in order to say, okay, what is the company priority? Um, yeah. And from yeah. certain categories, it's about top line. In certain categories, it's about bottom line. In certain categories, it could be about distribution and market share. And sometimes in multi-country organization, it could be about, you know, specific goals in some countries and other goals in other countries. And I think this is the, where the, the focus of SNOP moves rather than it's about operational plans, which is just about scheduling and getting materials and thinking about the changes in the, in the production plan. So I think getting the overall SNOP process, which is strategic for the long term, uh, to be clear in terms of what is the company direction um, do we have an operational plan which is really linked to make that happen and do we have also a long-term plan which which makes it happen i think this is this is one of the things which is essential but for me removing the biases from supply chain into uh, into sales came in in a nine months period where i was double hiding between country director ma managing sales and supply chain director. So at wow. that time, I had to, to have both. And for some time, I distanced myself from the supply chain uh, role managing the SNOP in order to focus on the uh, on the sales part. But then, then when I started saying, okay, now I need to give the demand, okay, and I'm responsible for the demand and the long-term plan uh, from the market, but also on the other side, I'm the one responsible for the supply. So I really needed to, to move these biases and to say, okay, it's not really about just getting the supply chain KPI right. And it's not just about having, uh, you know, what the sales want because I'm, I'm hitting myself and I'm hitting the business. And this is when it yes, uh, really yes. striked me. Um, and it was about clarity, okay? Uh, clarity in terms of, you know, um, what do I want in terms of products? Why do I want it? If I'm going to promote something, then, you know, this is what I will be promoting. It impacts the investment that I need to get and, and making it very clear, um, but also expressing it clearly. And I worked with a team that was not blaming me if things does not work right. So I think this is one of the things that really helped is that 
when we work as a team and things fail, but then there is no personal blame because the assumptions are very clear. And when things fail, we know why it failed. And then we put a recovery plan for it. Um, and we go and execute that plan rather than just looking for uh, excuses. I think yeah. this is when a positive momentum uh, takes place. So I think looking for opportunities, putting clear plans in place, uh, clear assumptions and not blaming is, is one thing which, which helps. Uh, but there are other elements like listening to team members. Sometimes great ideas come from team members incorporating that, uh, create engagement, okay? And uh, then it, it creates success and, and more positive momentum. Can I do something? Please, yeah. Khaled. <laughs> this is how we yeah. it. That's why, really, I cannot do anything because of the mouse. I can make it like this, but it's... Uh, <laughs> so, really, uh, I, it's, it's all about... Go ahead, Khaled. Uh, Ahmed, go ahead. No, 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 please, please go. Another thing also that I got as a learning from this situation is to learn not to judge another function, okay? By being in the other function, I started understanding the challenges that they face, the uncertainty which is there in the sales, okay? And that it's very, very difficult for them to give a number, okay? They can give you a range, but to give yes. a specific yes. number and to not to hold them accountable, but to hold the, the knife is something impossible, but you know, Sales can give a range. Uh, some promotion worked in the past might not work again. Some customers, you know, uh, promised and they don't deliver. Uh, so, so there are so many challenges which happen. So also to be understanding for the challenges of the other uh, function or team member, rather than just labeling them as, you know, that they change their mind, that they don't know what's happening, or to label marketing as, you know, uh, just giving high numbers or wanting to launch new products but actually there is genuineness in each function okay and in each team member they have you know specific goals but also specific personalities you know some by understanding that there are some people who who like the truth would work with numbers would work with facts would work with analysis this is a specific type of people other type of people, they are people who like to take decisions and they like to judge and they are impatient, okay? But there are other type of people who are visionary, they like to get and potentials and to uh, maybe exaggerate sometimes, okay? By understanding that there are different personalities, um, also I can connect with them according to their personality rather than just telling them to work according to my own. And then to, to find way to align together and to find common ways, and if there are, you know, conflicts, how to find the trade-off in between. Yes. Well, it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. So it's not something that works all the time. But I think it's to stay focused on the course and on the direction. This is the key thing for me. Exactly, and, uh, and developing the understanding, like you're saying, that uh, this, is, this is how it is. It's nothing is, is perfect and uh, you will not uh, reach perfection uh, with it. There will always be imperfections and it's always uh, weighing between the risks and opportunities and taking some risks, uh, uh, leaving uh, some things that you cannot uh, fulfill or you cannot deliver. This is normal and it happens in all kinds of organizations. It doesn't matter if this is a world-class organization or a small or medium organization. This is the usual practice. This is what people should understand, I believe.
Yeah. yeah. And I think it's all about also the organization, how the organization is promoting the culture itself. Because if the, the, the culture of the organization, it's all about blaming, everyone will be victim. Everyone will play the victim mode and I'm, uh, it's not my responsibility. So I believe it's all about also the executive role because I, I guarantee you that if the executives, they have this kind of blaming, it, the magnitude of blaming when you go down in the hierarchy itself, it comes bigger and bigger and bigger. So mm. this is the things, if we, I believe the change doesn't come from a bottom up, it comes top down. So the culture, credibility, discipline, clarity, all of this, I believe it, 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 this is one of mm. the engines that uh, will, will move the S&OP into the right direction. So we have uh, our lovely, we're coming back to our lovely audience. So we have uh, Yusuf, it's a pleasure to see you, uh, see you again, Christoph. He knows you. And then Yusuf. Really happy to see him here. Thank you. We have our Taibaji friend, the whole process will go uh, all other departments, for sure. Ahmed, I see a very nice question from Mohammed Mahmoud Rida. We will go. We yeah, will go. I know. I've seen it. Mahmoud. Uh, yeah, yeah, really exciting question. Ahlan Rada, great seeing you again. Mahmoud is a great finance. Ahlan Darin, yeah. So we have. Hi, Darin. Bonjour. Bonjour, Darin. So we have Ambrim also. Yes, continuous engagement with stakeholders is important to manage balanced business ecosystem for sure. Uh, I will jump. Because of the constraints of the time, guys, so please yeah. ask questions and I will jump into your questions step by step. So, excuse us if we jump into some greetings or something like that, but we will go into the questions because of the sake of the time. So, the first question from uh, Nadine she's asking, What can I do if commercial director plays two roles, supply chain and sales roles? Is the solution to make demand planning as a part of sales department? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the thing is that it, i mean um somehow demand planning can be split into into two elements okay we can say that the the process of forecasting the the tools itself can be provided by by supply chain yeah. um but but the real forecasting um and providing the the input needs to be from the sales okay yes. Uh, sales and customer marketing. So, I mean, it depends on the organization. It would be better to have demand planning on its own, but if the organization is small or if it doesn't have the full structure really to support it, um, as long as the, the the forecast, the assumptions are uh, are clear and reviewed and monitored and the accountability is there, then, then experiment with it, you know? Um, but if the sales director and supply chain director are are one um, I mean what is it doing in your organization for me it worked at that time but I had to move away from playing active role in the supply chain okay um, because it's it's very challenging really to play both the supply and the demand um, it's it's better to have them split I mean that's the right thing not to combine them unless if it's just for temporary emergencies I think yes and I believe that if you put the demand planning with my respect I don't mean any harm mm -hmm. if you put the demand planning under sales it would be too much bias why I'm saying this uh, the mm -hmm. food will be over biased because at the end of the day I want to sell more and that when you come to the to the point and look into the inventory uh, levels you will see 
many challenges at that, that, that point. That's why I believe demand planning should be at the only department which is unbiased. We have history, we have drivers, we have the build-up, all of this. We are just, we speak about not, not too much facts, mm -hmm. but assumptions. But once you give it under the sales, I believe that it can be very biased. Yeah, but then, then, then when I was in when I was in sales and I was giving a forecast, I was really accountable for delivering within plus minus five or ten percent. If I don't deliver that, then I'm really under huge pressure. Okay, so it's not that I, I can just give any number to make it available for uh, for supply. I think you're unique, you're unique, Faisal, because you played both before because you started supply chain, so you understand the, the constraints and what's happening with the material if you get high bias and what's happening with the stocks. But sometimes people who are not with the supply chain background, they, mm. uh, they really get the forecast has a very high bias. And ah. sometimes they find the inventory will jump uh, very high and they're trying to secure the market with, uh, with, with more stocks. And I think this is what Ahmed is uh, highlighting because uh, yeah. we, we face these issues with, with some people, with some uh, departments and different uh, mm. Uh, companies, different organizations. I think this is what Ahmed was saying about uh, really Faisal is good that you, it's amazing of course that you managed to to keep the, the balance. But, and, uh, yeah, yeah, but that accountability actually came from the managing director who was yeah. holding yeah. The, the sales director accountable for the forecast that they give. Yeah. So I think this is a behavior from, you know, the top of the, yes. of the pyramid, yes. the SNOP, really not to let it loose and to Exactly. You know, uh, to let the sales director just give any numbers and then get away with it. <laughs> Most people, they have the capability for understanding. Just they think that it's we put numbers, you will be able to bring these numbers. But what after these numbers? I bring this to the stocks. What after? And then start to replay the blame game. This excuse, it's no shelf lifetime. Why did you bring it? And you come, you know, like playing, you know, this Walt Disney effect. Why coming back to come justify? You do you remember this forecast when you give me this forecast? Yeah, it was over biased. So that's why I'm saying that I believe that this this it depends on the maturity of people mm -hmm. and maturity of the organization itself. Sure. But I believe the man planning should be my 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 humble point of view sure. should be separated from sales for sure. Definitely, it is separate. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. We we'll jump into the next question. So we have uh, the next question from our friend Mohidol. What are the best resources for learning more about S and OP? Okay. Maybe both of you can give more for more fresh resources about S and OP. Many books uh, uh, Mohidol after after this uh, episode I'll give you two and one course also at Udemy. You can you can go and register on that point. Yeah, yeah, but uh, to, to model also, these are all guidelines of the process. But as we said, the uh, and is more about more than books. That's yeah. why it's knowledge that you cannot find in books. That's why we, we're talking about that and we're having our people, our guests, because uh, managing it in different industries, you face different uh, uh, problems and all that. And uh, this problem solving skills and decision making skills, it's, it comes with, uh, with practice and experience. But certainly the books will help you to understand the guidelines of, of the process. Definitely. And there are skills which are not process related, like as you mentioned, I mean, problem solving, conflict resolution, building alignments. Um, you have also um, a need for understanding of uh, financial numbers, 
okay, which is very yes. critical. Yes. Um, also, basic understanding of uh, factories, how do they operate, uh, capacities, about procurement, uh, lead times. So it's really end to end. Thank you, Thank you, Our uh, uh, next question is from uh, Mohammed Ghanem. He's asking, ignoring the S&OP meetings from the stakeholders is behavior that affect the S&OP journey negatively. To avoid this, the S&OP uh, should be interesting for all stakeholders and they, for sure, sure for sure, Mohammed. Oh, because true. if the accountability is not there, nothing will be driven. I'm telling you, just it's, it's just uh, taking the box. It will be like that. Uh, the next question is from... Oh, definitely. <laughs> what is your advice for finance to play more vital role in the S&OP? Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely. Fi finance is... Uh, if the co-pilot or sometimes supply chain is the co-pilot, finance could be the pilot. Yes. But really, yes. it's a process which is run by both supply chain and finance uh, collectively. And we can say that supply chain uh, can lead the, uh, the resource which is related to product availability, while finance really is leading the resources which comes to, to money, okay, uh, and the investment. So, you know, finance really can play that role in terms of the, the long-term plans in terms of investment in, in brands, in categories, in factories, and, and so on, mm -hmm. and the implication of the performance on that and giving advices on where to invest, where to watch out, um, is the operational plan or the, is the SNOP plan aligned with the, with the financial direction of the company and the strategies of the company or not? Um, you know, so many, so many different uh, roles, which really I think finance can not just add value, but impact the company performance significantly. Where to invest and when to invest. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, basically, I believe also, it's not about cash up. It's not about taking volumes and just translate these volumes into currency, dollars, whatever, it's income statement. It's all about, I believe it's about the business partnering attitude. So how you can go and speak to your business partners understand their challenges how can you listen to them how can you learn from them because the more that you uh, invest time with them understanding their challenges they will be you will be credible with them and you will be credible uh, they will be also credible with you and you will take the category into the next level so you will start see many things that you didn't see before because i believe you will see most most finance the best thing that will build more provisions provisions put everything provisions but, but but when, when you will do all of this, that's why I believe it's about listening, uh, uh, learning, uh, staying in one table, all the, the category team or the business team, and play this uh, major role. This is my point of view. Definitely. Okay, so we'll jump into the next question. Yes, we have uh, Sliman. So building knowledge around this and OP process for all the employees, around R&R, I think, run rate or benefits of the process, inputs, outputs, is the key to leverage the process in the best way and to make everyone in the company committed to contribute. What are, I think it's too much with the question, I cannot see, but let me, I, I will, uh, 
what are your advice to engage colleagues in the process uh, even though who are not direct stakeholders yeah I mean, when I look at uh, SNOP, it's it's really very challenging to see someone that does not impact. If we look at, you know, factory employees, they impact the SNOP. Supply planning, they do. Demand planning, they do. Customer marketing, marketing, sales, finance. So it's it's almost every everyone, you know. Uh, so everyone has a role to play at a varying degree. So I think it's critical from the beginning to make people aware about their role and their impact into the SNOP. Because maybe some people are new into the organization and they, they think, okay, SNOP is a big process which is really far away, or it's a meeting at director's level or, you know, certain managers, they attend it and that's it. But actually uh, creating awareness about the role of each person and how they can impact the SNOP is something which is really critical because someone uh, who does production scheduling impact SNOP. Okay, at, at somehow. Someone who orders material will do that. Uh, someone who delivers to customer will do that, will have an implication. So I think this awareness will create that engagement. That would be one thing. And, and listening to them, you know, uh, probably they are facing a challenge with the current uh, structure or the current uh, process or, you know, specific reports or uh, analysis and, and so on. So I think uh, listening is very critical and to find venues to to get that listening done, you know, because it's very difficult to go and speak to everyone. So maybe at some point is to create a groups of uh, five or 10 people and speak about specific process and to gain input, you know, and then build, uh, you know, a sort of like, okay, what do we need to tackle? Okay, maybe we'll find that actually it's working well in this area, but not on the other area or with this team, but not the other team. Um, so, so I think this is one of the things which really needs to, to be done is for managers to connect with their teams and uh, to, to keep that engagement uh, there. Um, and also to see if there is any behavior which is uh, creating disconnection, okay? Um, if there is just a pressure without reward, that can create a disconnection and disengagement. If there is um, a blame, you know, if there is no allowance for risk-taking, um, if there is no uh, room for support or coaching uh, within within the team, then that can make people feel unsafe and to say, okay, I'm not going to take risk. I will just stick to the guidelines or to the process and I will just do it like that, you know, and this will kill the engagement and the creativity. So so I think it's it's really to be connected with, with the team and to see, okay, what's working and what needs to be uh, addressed. Great. Thank you, Christopher, so much. We have uh, decided the next question from Muhammad. He's asking, what are the key behaviors, skill set for supply chain resources to partner the business landing and effective s and OP process? It's mm -hmm. very nice question. It's very nice yeah. question. I think lots of, I mean, a variety of uh, skills. So, for example, um, Planning is something which is really essential, okay? So sometimes um, maybe new team members or old team members would get into positions, but they don't have previous planning expertise. And it's uh, really essential to um, to upskill them, okay? Whether they're in demand planning or in uh, supply planning or even in customer service, but to ensure that the person doing the job has the technical skill required uh, for them to do the job well. Because if the person does not have the skill, 
they, they might learn it on the job, but they will not be confident. They will not do it well. They might do lots of mistakes and so on. So it's really essential to identify what are the, um, the on-job skills which are required to do that functionally and to ensure that they are uh, fully operational in that skill. So this is one, one thing. Um, but also basic skills like listening, like how to give feedback, uh, how to communicate clearly, okay, um, without being aggressive or without being just passive, okay. Um, other behaviors, for example, is how to instill discipline within the team. So I think discipline is really essential uh, to get the SNOP um, operational. Um, so I think these are some of the, you know, yeah, yeah, behaviors. I agree. It reminded me some sometime we we did this and we started the process and nobody had clarity. With we we started doing something like the RACI metrics, for example, for responsible, accountable, who should be informed, and this created some kind of engagement between the team and started to give people like guidance uh, what they should do uh, in certain levels in certain area of, of function or certain meetings of the SNOP in different levels, uh, this really helps. So I agree with you, it's uh, about defining the responsibilities and uh, helping people, guiding people through through the journey. Yeah, I agree basically. <laughs> <laughs> senior, senior level, senior managers, if you are shuffling between roles or maybe someone is coming outside to the, the, the company, all of that, I believe it's, it's all about how you manage your people down because uh, most people they 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 want they, they want to play the, the the joker role so i know everything i play everything what i love what and what you said the crystal it's about listening so i can even even the technical yes technical background for me it's it's essential but not to the extent that i will spend all my time on these technicalities so listening to your people because i believe when you go up in the, the leadership or the levels of leadership, your technicality shouldn't be like before. So I see most people, they think technically too much on a higher level and ignore what they people need, what are the challenges that they face on a higher level. So they invest too much on that point and they ignore. So you will see that the function itself, it's devastating. So they are working always on, in a firefighting mood, operational mood, and then that we are not... Uh, and satisfying or fulfilling the business requirements. This is this is the thing. Yeah. That's why I love to say listening. Listening, it's very powerful. Listening and understanding. Yeah. yeah. Listening definitely on one side and also uh, communicating priorities very clearly, uh, communicating performance uh, regularly and what's working, what's not working. Uh, you know, creating forums or discussions for learning from previous uh, implementations or uh, from activities and so on, I think this will enable people because sometimes you find, for example, managers who say, okay, I mean, what, what is this guy talking? Why is he talking like that? Because the person keeping lots of information in their head and not communicating the priorities of the organization very clearly that, okay, maybe for the coming months, it's actually about this channel, about this category, and maybe we're going to make a trade-off with the other category, okay, and maybe with this channel. And if this is just done in a boardroom and then the actions are communicated to the team member to execute, the team members will say, okay, what's happening? One day is like yes. this, another day is yes. like that. But actually to communicate clearly the direction, if there is any change or if there is any tweak and the priority is very clearly, then the engagement will be there from the team member rather than the shock and the disengagement. So, so I think that, that plays a role.
communication. I agree. Very essential, especially what we face if you have an order comes and we need to ask at higher level why it comes and you don't have justifications. Plus, that next time I will not ask, I will take the order and I will not do anything. But sometimes, if you take the order from a higher level, you have to understand why, why it's happening. Because I believe if you don't understand the why, and people come and ask you down, you are uh, under you, why it's happening like this, and you don't have just yeah. just do it, please. Don't yeah. speak to me. This, this is not the, the good attitude. Next time, I'm not ask. Maybe I see my, myself. I see that there is something. Maybe it's a tempo. I will not speak. So because first, uh, didn't give me the room to speak. That's why it's all about, about the behavior. And and this is why when when you put cross functional team together. Okay, from marketing, customer marketing, sales, uh, supply chain, finance, in the same place together, they will communicate more. Uh, you know, the issues will rise and they will discuss it. Um, and, and that will create uh, more understanding between the team members and more frequent communication rather than disconnection. And this could help also um, in, in resolving things quickly and creating uh, a better teamwork rather than just uh, in, in different places. Okay. When possible. <laughs> we have another question. Sure. Cassia. So she's, she's asking. Cassia. <laughs> do you know Cassia? I think, yes. Okay. So having implemented S&OP process in many markets, what would be your recommendation for a business um, which would be recently implementing it to optimize it in the fastest way <laughs> this question also <laughs> yeah i think if uh, having people engaged this is one thing that will increase the success uh, probability from the the beginning uh, so that's engagement i mean by awareness by training by uh, by listening by involvement by clarity of roles and responsibility like what ahmed said okay by maybe hand-holding at the beginning in terms of uh, the, the progress and what's working well and what needs to be improved, okay? Uh, giving that feedback loop on a regular basis without blame. So I think it's uh, creating that safe environment that this is a new process, it's complex, and, you know, communicating regularly, meeting regularly about what's working, uh, rewarding, uh, you know, for the right behavior. I think this is one, one thing that, that can work. And, 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 and trusting that term process. If we implement SNOP and we think that it's going to give us, you know, next month's sales target, then that's wrong. It's a long-term um, integrated business decision-making process and business planning process. So I think also this is something that needs to be done from uh, the top. And I think also having the clarity of why the company is implementing SNOP and uh, this is really essential because if it's implementing it for the wrong reasons, then it will not function for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, totally agree. Uh, defining also where we are and uh, understanding exactly where the organization is in terms of uh, its uh, forecast bias, in terms of its uh, functionalities, in terms of its communication levels, all that and uh, uh, making the roadmap to see where we want to go and giving it time like you're saying it's not a magic wand or a magic stick that you are going to implement from the first meeting and get everything right so it's a journey yes 100 uh, percent i will ask you Faisal, a one million question one million dollar i was <laughs> because i think this is one of the pains 
uh, that uh, it's appearing in most organizations. So, what came into my mind uh, inside the days and OP monthly and OP cycle itself? I believe changing the number inside the month it's something I believe it's 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 it's, it's natural. So you see that the numbers is, is flowing here up down and the flowing of communication corridor talks something like that we need to increase here we need to do there we need more extra stocks all of this so from i will speak from a supply chain point of view because i believe that this is one of the challenges from supply chain point of view uh, if you face this when you were there if you face something like changing the numbers inside the month how you will respond to it how will you be able to be flexible on that or you will be rigid and guys know we have to stick on that. How will be managing this? Because I believe that you have the two experience, sales mm, and supply chain. Yeah. Okay. I think here we'll I mean we'll ensure that SNOP is, is a long-term planning process. That's that's the key thing. Okay. And changing plans within the month, this is much more tactical. Okay. And uh, first thing I would like to I mean I would ask what is the, the rationale behind changing the number? So uh, I think if there is clarity about why the number will be changed um, and if this is aligned with the business uh, goal okay, um, and, and priorities, then I would see, okay, if it's sometimes it's very easy. I mean, a number is changed and it would not cost really supply chain much to, to do it because the line has the capacity, the materials are available locally and, and so on. So it's not really that much difficult to, to change it and it's possible. But it's good to understand why is it and to collectively uh, agree on on that change and if it's if it's a challenge then to come with a trade-off okay and to say okay if this change is required and you want for example double the volume from this sku is there going to be a reduction on another sku or is there something that can be reduced or maybe i can give you this sku but because it's on the same line i will have to reduce maybe something else which of these are willing to, to reduce. I think having that conversation uh, uh, would enable parties to, to come out hopefully with uh, with a solution. Okay, um, but if it's just, then we are ignoring a lot of other opportunities which are there or trade we made and makes both uh, really move, move forward. Um, but if it's something that happens regularly, then we need to come back and to say, okay, is there something that we are missing in our demand planning process that needs to be taken care of? Okay, um, because a change on a specific product that happens once, but if it happens more than once, then we need to see and understand why is it happening regularly? Okay, and what are the costs? Because also to come back, I mean, in, in some cases, if there is an extra demand, and that's really, I think the, the SNOP manager and the SNOP team, they usually part of their role is to play with conflicting requirements okay uh, you know sales would want more product um, but supply chain want to reduce the inventory okay finance would want to really uh, reduce the spend and the investment so you find that all these things can be conflicting but the beauty is really to find where are the sweet spots between all these conflicting requirements okay where um, in some products it's about reduction of uh, covers and supply chain will be happy and some other products it's about increasing the cover because there is uncertainty and the sales whenever they get extra requirement they can go and sell and in some other products it's about reducing investment on 
maybe low profit SKUs, but investing more on some other products that will create growth and it will make uh, marketing and finance happy. So it's really about having that conversation rather than just about being rigid is that I want to reduce uh, my stock and the other one, no, I want more. But actually we have a huge portfolio that we can play with and it's about identifying, you know, surgically what to implement at each uh, product or each category or each channel or each country and creating that conversation and discussion where all of us, we really feel that we added value cross-functionally and at the end, collectively, we got into the top line and the bottom line of the, of the organization and the market share that we want. Okay, just a question also came to my mind. I know at this point when there is, a, I would say, change in the demand itself, it creates some frustration, especially if, if you have, if you don't have stocks, I would say, your norms or safety stock, safety stocks, maybe you don't uh, you don't have this cover, and you will end up with a service level issue. If if at this point, if how you are com communicating this, especially I'm saying from the supply side, because disturbing the plan, mm -hmm. I believe that in, in 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 the supply planning and the factory side, it's not easy. I'm saying this because I, I know this. You know this. Thing, yes. When can you can, can you can you explain it again, Ahmed? The question. What I'm saying, what I'm saying that. It's easy for sure from a business point of view, uh, just to change the numbers and to do the trade-off. But when it comes to communication with the supply side, when you go to the supply planning or production planning and the factory side, how you will be able to communicate with them? Because it's frustrating, honestly, when you have a submission in the forecast and you, when you have this uh, a spike in the demand change in the forecast in the short term, because this is affecting the whole cycle, talking muscle production scheduling, MRP, all of this cycle. So how, how you communicate this in in the, in a good way with the in, in the supply side when you used to be in in the uh, supply chain? Yeah, I mean I recall um, we did one exercise about responsiveness yeah. and we identified yeah. clearly the responsiveness of the supply chain, you know, by by product category and by SKU, and that enabled us really to say okay. If additional order of double or triple comes on this specific product, our responsiveness can be in one week because there is a huge capacity free, which is on the mold. The line has free capacity and we can respond. But on other products, the response, you know, if there is just a 50% increase was going to be maybe a two months because it's from a different factory with a lead time, which is, you know, a fixed period of two months and so on. So I think having that understanding and working with the team to understand what is the responsiveness level by SKU um, created that understanding within the team of where we can push and where it's, it's actually limited or where actually this product has high uncertainty, but the responsiveness is very long in terms of timing. So we need to find the solution. Okay, and the solution could be on, you know, working with the factory to increase the capacity or maybe sometimes about increasing our uh, stock. Okay, uh, because increasing our stock on this SKU, you know, it will not impact maybe the margins that high, but it will create opportunity for growth. So it's really about playing with all these factors, the resources of money, resources of capacity, about timing, um, you know, about goals and, and how to to play with them, um, but also when I communicate, is not to come and force the factory and the supply chain team to say, okay, I have extra order tomorrow, please produce it, change all your plans, because they, they worked on, on specific assumptions and lines and to bring it as an opportunity. 
that this is really an opportunity for us. And if we get it, we're going to get extra sales of X million, for example. Uh, so please, can we work together to find the best way? And if we can do it without a compromise on other products, that's great. But if there is, has to be a compromise, can you please share what's that? Because then maybe, yeah, we can make a compromise because the other product could be a low margin or it could be uh, a product with availability at the distribution level, but maybe not availability with us. So it's, it's really about communicating clearly and in a, in a gentle way, you know? Because at the end, it's not about forcing people to do their job. But if we explain to them why we want that change, then I think they will they will be part of the solution rather than resisting uh, the change. Yeah. This is this part, I think it's very essential because if I don't understand why this change is happening and what will be the impact on the business if I do that, no one, it's just an, like an order. But if you give people what I love and what you said, if you give people clarity, and communicated very well. I believe people, they will, they will help you more and more and more. Rather and than it made the team proud. It made them proud after the change. So instead of being like upset about the change, actually is that what it was a challenge that they were able to put a solution in place and it showed them something new that they are responsive, that they are creative and that they have a capability maybe that it was not visible to them before. And after delivering it, they feel more proud, more confident and rewarded sometime for it. I think, yes, you hit here, uh, Jack, but the team must be rewarded and must feel appreciated so that if uh, this happens and it will, it will happen and it will come again in the meetings, yeah. uh, they will be excited to, to do that again and feel proud that they were part, They are part of the decision-making and they are part of the organization and they are, understand why they are doing uh, this. It's not like orders, as Ahmed uh, saying. Yeah. Great, great and, point. And sometimes they can't. Sometimes they don't deliver it in full, for example, uh, these extra orders, and there are different responses. You know, I can respond to them as that, you know, being upset or, you know, that they are not, uh, you know, delivering their commitment and so on. But there is a different view, which actually, this was um, uh, unplanned change. And instead of delivering 100% of that, they were able to deliver a 50% of it or a 70%. And that's really appreciated and it's great. So also not to be a perfectionist here, and to just put huge pressure on people thinking that they will perform better next time. Actually, they will break down after that. 100%. Because when we start to blame people, when I give you whatever, I'm very clear. And I told you that I will try to do my best. I give, let's say, 80%, 90%, and I deliver 50%. And you came back and told me, uh, why didn't you, why didn't you, why didn't you? Next time, I will, uh, the easiest thing that I will do, buffer. What I will do, I will buffer. I will not give you anything. Mm. It's, it's all about appreciation. This, this is the game. I appreciate what uh, people are doing. We have a lovely question from Muhammad. Muhammad Madani is asking, what are the new developments of the S&OP cycle from the professional company's point of view? Yeah. I think, see, the, the SNOP, it has part which is about data collection. It has part about um, data analysis, but there is a big part which is about execution of actions, okay? So I think what, what needs to be done, and this is the direction for many companies, automate the data collection and presentation and analysis as much as possible, okay? Um, but allow more time for the execution which is in the market because this is where the result take place. So, um, you know, I think this is one of the, the key things is how to 
uh, automate the first parts as much as possible to allow um, you know team members to be in the market and to execute as much as possible and to give that feedback loop if something is not working to to feed it and to change it very um, very quickly so this would be my my input but uh, ahmed and ahmed can can share uh, no, I agree. I agree. It's, uh, we need more time to, for the decision-making uh, process and to involve people in the decision-making process. You don't want uh, people to be uh, like analysis paralysis, like we're saying, or making a lot of uh, uh, data collection exercises and uh, analyzing, analyzing the data and all that. Yes, this is where the tools will help us in uh, making uh, quickly the, the analysis. And then we will look at the data and try make sure that the data is uh, cleansed or uh, any outliers are, uh, are are removed from the data. And then we can take the, the decisions or come the management, uh, if middle management, for example, they come with the trade-offs and they start to, to make some decisions and really the big decisions that they cannot, uh, that will cost the company millions or that will uh, opportunities, big opportunities. This is where they need to uh, raise it to the executives uh, to, to take a decision about it. So I think, yes, uh, I, I agree with you. The direction is towards uh, exactly. moving towards the decision-making area quickly and the execution, yes. You, you know what, what I'm saying, it's, it's totally 1,000% right, because as, as Faisal said, it's all about collecting data, analyze data, execute data. And what I see for most companies, what they do, they collect data, they analyze data, they report data, and they don't execute. They, they, no. they just we need to visualize everything, and then we see real time. So guys, what are you doing by this? What you will do by this? Digitalize. We are digitalizing. Thanks God. So what? At the end of the day, it's about all execution. That's why you'll see from most S and OP uh, that it's implemented in the right way. They are working on how many hours you're spending inside your meetings. How 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 you can reduce the number of hours, one hours inside the S and OP, and how how we can make everything effective that will take you to the business strategies and business objectives. And at the same time, you're spending less time on that. Not just digitalize. And stay in the office. You have to execute, as Russell said. This is a lovely one. We Great. have the last question. Yes. I think that time is flying like this, right? We have Cassia. Can you share with us the best practice you have witnessed as mindset in terms of S and O B process management, and what should we uh, retain from it as a key learning? Hmm. Uh, see, I think, uh, for me, I think one of the most effective SNOP processes was when there was a very minimal discussion on the short term, okay, just to gauge and to sense what's happening in the short term and not to have a lot of debate and discussion about it, but just to come with the facts, the assumptions, what went well, what needs to be improved, and that's it, but then focus really on the long term. This is where it really worked well and it was very productive and um, it was looking at the right horizon in terms of duration but also looking at the right granularity so we're not talking about SKUs or talking about um, uh, even brands it was really about categories countries okay and looking at the hotspots and uh, managers directors used to come ready in advance with their analysis okay and with their opportunities and their solutions, okay? And then that meeting, it just, it was a forum 
to, to discuss these solutions and to agree on the actions and to take decisions and move on. Uh, instead of some of the non-functional SNOP meetings that I attended also sometimes, where it was getting at the customer level, SKU level, uh, month level, and then forgetting the big picture, which was really long term. And it was about sometimes spending the whole day without any uh, thing which was agreed. Okay. So it's really, I think, when we focus the right granularity, the right horizon, and people are prepared and come to the meeting to discuss uh, solutions, uh, what are the conflicts that needs to be addressed, and the decisions that needs to be taken, I think this is when SNOP becomes really functional. Uh, I would say thank you so much for the amazing value that uh, you give us, give it to us today. I've learned a lot from your amazing journey. It's, it's a very valuable session today and amazing information that we have. It's too much contagious. I would like to thank you for your time. And I believe uh, any of our audience, if you want anything related to uh, sales, supply chain, and I'm saying sales also, please don't hesitate directly to speak to Professor Khan. I'm telling you amazing values, uh, amazing coaching, behaviors, all of this, please. So don't, don't hesitate. Thank you so much, Faisal. And thank you, Ahmed. And uh, I would like thank to you. thank you. Thank you, Faisal. Our lovely audience who came and engaged. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. Just to remind you, we are here to build an empire of community, real community there where we will be able to share stories, knowledge, experience, and struggles together so we can overcome it. Thank you again, Faisal. We hope that we can see you even very, very soon, inshallah. Thanks a lot to both of you for a great session and thanks for the audience as well for the great questions. And really glad to see so many uh, known, uh, you know, uh, people that I worked with and new ones. So it's really great and great questions and very engaging session. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank and we'll you see you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our global SNOP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or a-H-M-E-D-K-H-A-L-E-D dot C-O We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.